Hello, I'm Marcus Pipworth and welcome to Stories for Men, a place where we use folk tales, fairy tales and mythology to explore what it means to be a man today and to try and reimagine a more expansive, healthy concept of masculinity. Today we're going to hear the Scandinavian tale, The Lindworm. It's one of my favourites. It's such a good story uh, about really digging down and ripping off layers and discovering what's underneath. I recorded this session in October 2020 with a group of men and they kindly allowed me to share the audio. So uh, I've split it up into three manageable parts. So uh, each part starts with a story, then a discussion. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. So please do join in the discussion in the comments. Please do subscribe to the podcast and do go to my website, marcuspibworth.com and subscribe to the newsletter and you'll be kept up to date with any Stories for Men sessions that you may be able to take part in. But anyway, without further ado, let's head over to the story, The Lindworm. Enjoy. queen loved each other very much. There was no doubt of that. But there was something that made them deeply sad. Try as they might, they could not conceive a a child. Oh, how the king wanted an heir, an heir to his kingdom. And oh, how the queen wanted a child to love and to pass on her skills and knowledge to. But alas, they could not. One day, grief became so much for the queen that she left the palace and she went to walk in the forest that surrounded. She walked through the forest and she cried and she wailed. All of a sudden, out of the trees came a bent over old woman Some would say a witch, but not the type of witch you are thinking of. A good witch. Why so doleful, my dear? Oh, there is nothing that you can help me with, said the queen. Why don't you try me? And so the the queen told the old woman 
of her problems of being unable to conceive. Ah, oh, well, why didn't you say so? I can put this right in the twinkling. What you need to do is leave the forest and go back to the palace, get a cup with two handles, and go to the northwest corner of the garden, place it upside down, go to bed, and in the morning, when you go back to the cup, underneath it will be a red rose and a white rose. Now, if you eat the red rose, you will give birth to a baby boy. And if you eat the white rose, you will give birth to a baby girl. But, but whatever you do, whatever you do, do not eat both of the flowers. Do not eat both. The queen thanked the old woman. Oh, she was so happy with this advice. She pulled off her gold ring and tried to give it as payment to the old woman, but she would accept nothing. She just disappeared back into for the forest whence she came. And the queen hurried back to the palace. She hurried into the kitchens. Oh, the kitchen staff were surprised. They don't often see the queen in the kitchen. She was rootling around the cupboards and sure, she found this cup with two handles. She ran out holding up her skirts as she ran to the northwest corner of the garden. She placed the cup upside down. And then she went back to her chambers. And she tried to sleep. It was a really long, long night. You know what it's like when you're waiting for something. But eventually that eternal night came to an end and the queen jumped out of bed. She hurried across the garden, unsure what to expect. Should she trust the words of an old woman she met in the woods? She got to the cup, she lifted it. And sure enough, underneath was a red rose and a white rose. Now the queen faced a dilemma. She thought to herself, if I eat the red rose, I will give birth to a boy, but he will grow and he will perhaps become a warrior and he'll go off to battle and he may be killed and I will lose him. If I eat the white rose, I will give birth to a baby girl and I will love her too. But as is the way of the kingdom, when she comes of age, she will be sent off to marry a far off prince in a far off kingdom and I may never see her again. Either way, I may lose both children. She thought for a while. And eventually she decided that she would eat the white rose. She plucked it. She pulled one of the petals off and she placed it in her mouth and, oh my goodness. It was the nicest thing she had ever eaten. Imagine the nicest thing that you've ever eaten. That would taste like dirt in your mouth compared to this petal. It was delicious. Mmm. As soon as she'd finished the first one, she picked off the second and could it be even better than the first? 
Oh, she ate and she ate and she ate until that whole flower was gone. And now do not judge her because you would have done the same without even thinking her hand reached down and plucked the red flower and she gobbled it up without it even touching the sides. Not one thought to what the woman had said, the old woman had said. And off she went back to her chambers. Now, time passed, nine months to be precisely. At this time, the king was off fighting a battle in a far off kingdom. And the queen was in her chambers on the brink of giving birth. The midwife was running down the corridor with a tub of hot water, hurrying to get there in time. But before the midwife got there, the queen felt something in her pregnant stomach. And out from between her legs crawled, slid, a black, scaly serpent, a lindworm. Horrified, hearing the footsteps of the midwife, she grabbed it and threw it out of the open window, just in time for the midwife to come in with the tub of water and help her deliver a second child, a healthy baby boy. And it is there that we will leave the queen in her chambers, having just given birth. And now let's just all together, just close our eyes, have one deep breath together to let that percolate around us a bit. Okay, let's go for it. One more. Now, when someone's ready, I want us to sort of try and, uh, for the time being, at the beginning, stay within the images, stay in our in our bodies, try not to get too intellectual about it, and let's just say what are some of the strong images that stick with you? What are some of the images that maybe frustrate you, some of the images that catch you, and when you're ready, just jump in. I'll move closer. For me, it's like, uh, I think um, there's just sort of a body horror element to uh, the idea of giving birth to this lindworm. And as I understand it, right, so she had this lindworm and then she had a regular baby? Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it reminded me of um, that David Lynch, that really weird day black and white David Lynch movie. Does, do people know what I'm talking about? Oh, shit. A razor head. A razor head. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the other image for me, obviously, like the just eating of the plants, well, the flowers, the roses, and just getting, you've been given clear instruction, but then just like they're too delicious. And just without thinking, just it's frustrating. It's like one, one instruction. 
And I feel I know so well that breaking of that instruction. I know. It's very uh, commonplace. Yeah, for me, uh, definitely, definitely the image of the of the Linmom crawling, slipping out. Wow. Yeah. That was that's quite an image. Yeah. And the and and also like like with John T, I th I think with the flowers I I love the the petals coming off one at a time. That that seemed very um, that seemed to stay with me in how you described it. Yeah, I think we can all relate, like you said, to just keep picking. Like, I think it's it's funny, right? Because you like you put a lot of emphasis on um, kind of the gratitude that she felt and and being given this, you know, opportunity to have these roses, have these, you know, magical experiment that's the, you know, related to this desire that she has. And then, you know, this person disappears and it's like, wow. Um, I think kind of related to the idea of the simple instruction, but it's kind of like simple instruction combined with, um, like, didn't you already get what you wanted? Uh, what struck me in the, in the whole story actually is the, the absence of men where in in the other story that we had uh, a month ago there was only one woman present in the whole story in this story the king is sort of there but he's now on um, fighting some war some far away war um, i'm not sure if he was present during the conception of the baby uh, that was not entirely clear. Is it just by eating the roses that, that she got uh, pregnant? Um, and the second thing is that it uh, kind of reminded me of um, Adam and Eve and the, the sin, like you have this specific instruction uh, not to eat or not to bite the apple. And then sure enough, it's the woman <laughs> that, that uh, um, doesn't... Uh, um that doesn't follow the instruction uh so that's kind of a parallel that i noticed there yeah that's true and i think these are good questions to hold in 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 mind and also to see how they play out in the in the story like when, when we see it in its completion because uh i and, and i think it's really important to um look at the sort of the gender roles of the characters in some ways, I guess in a, in a literal way, and then also to hold them at sort of a sort of metaphorical level as well. And, 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 and sort of, yeah, but I, I think, it, and I think it's really important to always be questioning everything we hear in these stories and not just to, not just to accept what we hear. And, and I think that's, there's something beautiful about the frustrations that come up for me that, I know your other storytellers um, that, that that will sort of change bits that they don't like, and I do. I mean, there's, if there's something that's aesthetically not that so pleasing, maybe. But I, I try and like keep in bits which feel uncomfortable to me as well because they help. I think they they're the bits that help you to sort of go back and say, "Hey, what? What the hell? <laughs> that's not right. Why is that not right?" But yeah. 
Is there is there a detail from what you uh, from this the part of what you shared so far that you 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 feel that way towards? Well, I was just saying that if when you, if you look at like a parallel and say like oh look it's the woman again breaking the rules like you know she's been told one thing and she does something else and and I guess it's just just a sort of general point around the stories for me is is that and often in these stories there's some questionable gender roles that you would think if these played out in the workplace or something there'd be a lot of tribunals happening but in wonder tale land it's sometimes things can go past and you think like no i think it's right to stop and question especially sort of as a man telling a story what what is my responsibility here and as as a listener also what is my responsibility but yeah i, I think it's a really nice story and i like the point that you brought up Dominic about so the, the last story we sort of talked about there was only one female character and this story definitely has more female characters and some powerful ones in there and I think it's nice and, and I'm wondering if anyone in the story so far it's quite early but if there's any if anyone could sort of feel um, a sense of sort of connection or kinship with any of the characters or really sort of not connected to any of them as well. Well, to me, I, I feel, I mean, we've, I, I think so far we've only really, out of all the characters, we've only really met the queen. And so I, I feel a little bit of an empathy towards her. Um, it was interesting to the point of what Dominic was making. Actually, for me, it, looking at a story like this, the moment the, the, the witch said, Oh, you must not have both. You know, it's the it's the it's kind of the story thing where the character will have both when the moment it's been told. And for me, somehow that goes beyond just to just to add to that earlier point, it goes beyond the gender because there's so many stories where uh, men do that as well. I I guess it's just the the one with the women that are most famous. I guess in some way with Pandora and stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, in terms of connection so far um, with the Queen, and definitely there's something interesting about the Linworm itself, which is getting thrown out right away, sort of being rejected, and this sense of um, feeling connected to this child that is being rejected by the accepted accepted part of society in some way. I I feel something for that Linworm, not knowing what um what what its story is really. I mean it's the protagonist, so I'm sure uh it's gonna come back. But yeah. I, I feel there's there's something there, uh, not quite yet. But I feel empathy for the queen for sure. Yeah and I'd say with the the Queen's idea when she's frustrated or depressed and just trying to escape a little bit can definitely uh, empathize with that but I've never found my witch giving me good options when I'm feeling a bit a bit down and depressed and go for a walk but <laughs> I'll keep looking but no definitely that's quite I think that's quite a natural thing though just to try go for a walk forget about the real life and release a little bit.
Or chuck it out the window like the lindworm, you know. Or chuck it out the window. <laughs> Is that? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that, that didn't that did occur to me, and um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I guess. Yeah. It, it was interesting. It was interesting to me, though. You said, uh, Marcus, that the witch was not a bad witch, and it was an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting qualifier <laughs> because it changed uh, a sense of foreboding that would have been different if I did not know about the character of the witch so obviously there was this thing about oh the queen's gonna is she gonna eat both the flowers or not or whatever was gonna happen obviously she would have but because the witch was good somehow there was a sense of a positive maybe that's not not the best word here but but a sense of uh less foreboding to it so maybe things will go in things will turn out right in some way. Um, yeah. The fact that she goes out in, out of the palace and into the forest as well, I think it really sort of appeals to me that sense you can't always find what you're looking for within like the civilised and actually it's only once she gets out of that, the structures of her normal life and in, back into something older, something something older and wiser than the castle walls that she gets on me. And I think that's us something that we'll come back to throughout the story. And I think it's, in, it's interesting. And I know that that's very important to me in my own life. I find going out walking is answers so many more questions than anything else for me or, 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 you know, changes the questions to something completely different, and and I think that's it's it's important and valuable, and I think that story for me speaks to speaks to that that sense of the wilderness and the healing balm of the wilderness. And there we will leave part one of the Lindworm. Thank you for joining. How did you find it? Please do join in the discussion via social media uh, or in the comments. Please do like and subscribe to this podcast. And as I mentioned at the beginning, do sign up to the newsletter on my website to be kept up to date with any storytelling and story for men sessions that you can be a part of. And also please do visit my Buy Me A Coffee page. There you can support my work. And that is always very nice for me. Anyway, thank you and please do come back for part two, which you should find uploaded in your podcast app either soon or already, depending on when you are listening. Thank you. Goodbye.